0: Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message stand with me. You've been sitting for just a little bit. I want to just ask you to stand just for a moment. And uh, today we're going to be talking about God, our provider. And especially in these times that we live in with so much uncertainty, like what's coming up, what's the economy doing, so on and so forth. I want you to just know that God is our provider. And the word of the Lord today is God is our provider. Say it with me right now. God is our provider. Last Sunday, we learned from the story of Abraham and Isaac how God provided a lamb in place of of Isaac so that Isaac didn't have to be slain but that God would provide a lamb and, and that lamb uh, was a symbolic of Jesus Christ God not only provided a lamb for Abraham he provided a lamb for us and that person was Jesus that died on the cross for us the lamb of God for sinners slain so last Sunday our emphasis is how God provides for us spiritually say it with me this morning spiritually And I want to just say spiritual provision is the greatest provision of all because without spiritual provision, nothing else really matters. It's always first and foremost is spiritual provision, and so we learned about that last week, but today we're going to learn from Elijah and the widow at Zarephath how God provides for us materially and physically. They're both important to God, so I want to talk. Last Sunday was spiritually, how he provides for us spiritually. Today we're going to be talking about how God provides for us materially and physically, and we're going to take a look at Elijah and the widow at Zarephath and the miracles that took place over there, and uh, get ready. We're going to go here in just a couple of seconds. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you so much, and we thank you, Lord God, that the word of the Lord today is God is our provider. Lord, we thank you that your provision shall be seen. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. So, Lord, I just pray as we open the word uh, today, Lord, that you, pr- you provide the necessary food that we need. Lord God, that we'd hear your words, Lord, to us, that you'd speak to our hearts. And God, I thank you right now that your word is already anointed, but Lord, I just pray right now for an anointing uh, in a special way as I share today, and I just pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said amen. Amen, amen. amen. You, may, you may be seated. God bless you. I wanna ask you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Kings chapter 17, all right? 1 Kings chapter 17. It's in the Old Testament. You'll find it there and uh, uh, you, won't, you won't have any notes that we handed out today actually the scripture passage that we're going to be looking at will be your notes and will be your outline all right so that's first kings chapter 17 and if you'll track with us today as we go through we're just going to go through one chapter and unpack it and so much good stuff to share today so we're talking about Elijah the prophet and Elijah the prophet was a great man of God. He had so much. He was so anointed by God to be a prophet that he would actually speak to nations. And the nation of Israel at that time, under the leadership of, uh, of King Ahab, King Ahab was a wicked king, and he was leading the people to worship Baal, who's the fertility god. And it was so, such a convoluted, idolatry kind of worship that it, 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 it grieved God because how many of you know the first commandment is to worship God? In other words, have no other gods before me, right? And so uh, Israel had gone to having other gods before them and Elijah said to King Ahab, look at verse one, as the, Lord of, uh, uh, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives whom I serve, there will neither be dew nor rain in the next few years. It turned out to be three and a half years of drought except at my word. So he, says, I, he's, he goes to King Ahab. In other words, he took a trip to the White House and he stood before King Ahab and he said, King Ahab, because of the wickedness in the land, because you're serving idols right now and you're into Baal worship and you're leading that around the country, the judgment of God is going to come on you and there's not going to be rain on the land for th- three and a half years except at my word. So, Ahab, by the way, Elijah, say it with me this morning Elijah <laughs> means the Lord is God. Say it with me this morning, the Lord is God hallelujah. Then he was talking to the wicked king Ahab, and Ahab was the seventh king of Israel. He was married to Jezebel, remember Jezebel, and both of them were so wicked that Elijah pronounced judgment on them and their kingdom in the name of the Lord. Again, for Idol worship and worshipping Baal, so he makes this announcement to uh, King Ahab. If you can imagine all of the pomp and circumstance, here's Elijah the prophet coming in, making this announcement. He makes it to the king. How do you know that that's quite great power for a, a minister of the gospel, for Elijah the prophet to have? And then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And the word of the Lord essentially was, get out of Dodge. You're not going to be popular in the country uh, for the next three and a half years. I'm going to have to watch over you and protect you, but it's kind of time to move out uh, from where you're at right now where people are actually going to try to kill you. But here's what happened. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Say it with me this morning. The word of the Lord came to Elijah. And I want to say here this morning... Just as the word of the Lord came to Elijah, the word of the Lord will come to you because God speaks to his people today. And those who have hearing ears will hear the, hear the voice of God. Sometimes we think that the voice of God is reserved for the old prophets or the very spiritual people when God wants to talk to everyone. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and, 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 and they follow me because they hear my voice. So the word of the Lord, and in these days, everyone, we need to have a word from the Lord. Can I get a witness, amen? amen. So the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Um, and by the way, I, I started hearing the word of the Lord, uh, hearing the Lord speak to me when I was about 14 years old. You've heard me tell these stories. I've I uh, was saved when I was eight years old, but when I was about 14 years old, just walking out on a sidewalk. I wasn't on, in a church that day. I was walking uh, uh, on a sidewalk, and God spoke to me, and I'm talking about I heard his voice, and I've been listening ever since, and by hearing his voice, I'm talking about those inner promptings, those inner the way that God speaks to us by his spirit, but God wants to speak to you today. God wants to speak to every one of us so that you can go on a word from the Lord. And by the way, it's not just one word that you get one time in your life. God wants to speak to you at various times whenever it's needed. Can I get a witness, amen? You can get a word from the Lord while you're driving your car. You can get a word from the Lord while you're driving your truck. You can get a a word from the Lord if you're driving a Ford pickup truck especially. (laughs) Because you've got the Ford and you've got the Lord. Can I get a witness, amen? See, Dodge, you can't do that with Dodge or, or Chevy. All you can do with a shabby is drive it to the levee. Uh, but, the, but the levee will be dry. Some of you got that and some of you didn't. But, um, but what I'm saying is you can hear a word from the Lord when you need a word from the Lord, you can hear it from the Lord. Sometimes you're always trying, I need to go to this conference, I need to go to this place. No, I'm telling you what, go to a dirt field or go to a sidewalk and God will speak to you right there if you need a word from the Lord. So... And here's the word. He said, leave here, turn eastward and hide in the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan. So, leave here. Okay, I'm going to do that. Turn eastward and hide in the Kareth Ravine. Okay, got that. East of the Jordan. Notice that God gave detailed directions to Elijah and God will give detailed directions to you. They didn't have GPS back on those days uh, but they had God and God would speak and give detailed directions and God will... Give you detailed directions. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Can I get a witness? Amen. It's called detailed directions. And then he said this. Here's what's going to happen when you get to the... the, 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 the uh, uh, the ravine that you're going to, the Careth Ravine. In other words, if we had been here, he just said, "I want you to get out of Sacramo- Sacramento. I want you to head down the uh, the, the uh, Rio Vista Road. and I want you to stop right at Ileton uh, because you can really hide out at Ileton. There's no cops there. And then you can, um, and then you can go across. Uh, you can go cross by the, the. You'll see the the levee, and you just hide out by the levee, and you'll have water there. And then I'll I'll feed you some food as well, crawdads possibly. But anyway." He said, leave here. But he says, here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna drink from the brook and and I've directed the ravens to supply you with food there, the ravens. Now, that's kind of a big order because, I mean, the ravens, I mean, honestly. So God says, so I want you to just know this right now, that there was no FedEx at that time, no Amazon, no Uber Eats, so God sent the food by way of a raven. And by the way, the raven was an unclean bird. According to Levitical law, it was one of the unclean animals. And yet, God used an unclean animal even to fulfill his purposes in Elijah's life. Man, he brought, brought in, they just flew in the little meat to take it right over the beak. He fed him morning and night by way of a raven. Amen. Now, so he got these instructions to go to this place, the... the, the, uh, the, the uh, Kerith Ravine and then east of the Jordan and he says God's going to bring in the, the, you know, the ravens there but watch this it says so he did what the Lord told him to do he went to the Kerith Ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there so I want you to just know what I want you to see here this morning when the Lord tells you to do something do what the Lord tells you to do God I don't even know where you're taking me what you're doing with me but do what the Lord tells you to do all right so when he tells you to do something, do what he tells you to do. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Now, um, I was trying to think here. Jezebel was hiding about 100 prophets back in that time in a cave. This is just in a side note. Uh, and, so, and, and, and they only got bread and water Uh, uh, Jezebel's uh, uh, 100 prophets that she was hiding but God watched over Elijah and he gave him bread and meat in the morning and water can I get a witness in other words if if you're sticking with God you're not just going to get saltine crackers you're going to get steak (laughs) can I get a witness here I'm trying to really develop this message here (laughs) All right, now so the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning. Say it with me, in the morning. And bread and meat in the evening. In the evening, which means we're only supposed to eat twice a day, everyone. You got that? Does the text say it? Come on, don't push back on me. It's just twice a day, right? Okay. All right. And he drank from the brook, all right? But they fed him morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. That's what I want you to see. Now, when I was a child, every church had Sunday school when I was a child. And Sunday school was a time when we'd get together before the big service, and we'd get together for what was called Sunday school. The adults, the children, the youth, and everyone would gather together for that hour before church started, and it was really a good thing. It was discipleship was happening, community was happening there. We didn't have small groups, so to speak, of like we do now, but things were happening there. And when I was a little kid, we'd always go to Sunday school. And when she'd tell a story, um, there we didn't have video screens back in that day or anything digital we had flannel boards. Do you remember flannel boards? And the teacher would display the pictures of the story she was teaching on a flannel board. And the picture would have looked something like this. You would have seen they'd put that up on the flannel board and there's Elijah right there and the ravens were feeding him. You can see they had little, if you look real closely, little chunks of meat uh, that he'd pull out of their mouth and eat and he had bread as well. And also the brook right there that he had water and, and he stayed there. So, um, I was just fascinated with this story about Elijah being fed by the ravens. I mean, that was such a big deal to me. I just, and, so, uh, and then I was looking about uh, flannel boards. I thought, well, maybe flannel boards have gone away. But then I looked on Amazon and I found out that flannel boards are still in use today. and you can, you can get them on Amazon or at Hobby Lobby and they're still used with children today. So there is still hope, everyone, for the world. Can I get a witness? Amen. We haven't gone completely digital. All right, now he's being fed by the ravens. What happens next? Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. The brook dried up. Say it with me this morning the brook dried up. And I want to just say here this morning there are times in your life when the brook will dry up, times when you feel like you're running on empty and living in lack. But in those times, I want you to know that the Lord is still with you and he's going to provide for you. He's just going to show you a different way how he's going to provide for you. But if you're going through a time where there seems like, man, I'm not realizing God's plenty right now. I believe that I'm serving him. I love him. And I feel like I'm even going through lack right now. Keep on hanging on because God still has a plan for you and he's going to provide for you. Now, so... uh, uh, Hope in the Lord, all right? Praise God. Also, it's in those times when you're going through tough times that God will give you a word from the Lord to go on and to grow on. How many you know that it's the tough times in life sometimes that God speaks to us the most, amen? Cause like it's like God, I have no one to go. I don't have any place to go. No one to go to. But God, I thank you that you're speaking to me even right now in the tough times. Sometimes when you're going through the furnace of affliction, that's when God will speak you to you the most because He's trying to get something into you and get something out of you just by trying you in the fire of affliction. Amen. And so this was happening to Elijah. All right. So um, next now we come so you got the context right now there's a famine in the land for three and a half years y'all still with me amen yes. uh, kind of a week amen let me ask you again they're they're in a three and a half year drought right now and now he's going to the next place the brook has dried up and the next place is going to be Zarephath everyone say it with me this morning Zarephath And that Zarephath, that name, means furnace, or it means affliction. So Elijah was going through a time of affliction in his life, and yet God was still providing for him. Now, watch what happens. So when we talk about Elijah and the widow of Zarephath, we're talking about material provision, all right? Last Sunday, we talked about spiritual provision, but today, in this part of this passage, we're gonna talk about material provision. How many know that God wants to provide for you materially, amen? food, shelter, and clothing, I figure that's a good thing. Amen? Amen? So, then the word of the Lord came to him. Say it with me this morning. The word of the Lord came to him again. And I want to just say, too, the word of the Lord, let me say it again. The word of the Lord isn't just going to come to you once in your life. It's going to come to you over and over in your life. As you need a word from the Lord, God will give you a word from the Lord. And he says this, detailed directions again. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. And I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. There's a widow that's going to supply you. You don't know her, but you will. So he went to Zarephath. He did what God told him to do. And when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. And she was gathering sticks so she could start a fire and bake some bread. And he called out to her and he asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I can have a drink? He's talking to this widow. Would you bring a little water in a jar so that I can have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called and he says, oh, and also could you bring me a piece of bread? And then she looked back at him and she says this, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replies back to Elijah, you know. I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. All I've got left is a little flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. By the way, in in Israel, olive oil, oh my goodness, it's everywhere and it's some of the best in the world. Except for California, we have great olive oil here too. But they have olive oil all over the place in Israel. And then he says, she said, I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and then we may die honestly she was down to her last meal gathering these sticks to have their last meal together and then they were going to starve to death and die and I mean honestly talk about desperation it was because of the drought that was going on and Elijah said to her don't be afraid go home and do as you've said but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son man that's kind of a little arrogant I've never met you but I want, you know, the first part of your bread. But the first thing he said to this, we'll break this down real fast. Don't be afraid. Say it with me this morning. Don't be afraid. She had the man of God saying to her in a desperate situation, don't be afraid. And I wanted to say here this morning that... In these times that we live in, we are really learning to rely on God and to hear the voice of God that says, in the mess that you're in right now, do not be afraid. Or in the mess that the world is in right now, do not be afraid. Or in the mess that the economy is in right now, do not be afraid because God is our provider. So he says, don't be afraid. He already knew what was going to happen. He said, go home and do as you've said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me. Uh, from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. Now here's what I want you to get the picture on here this morning. Elijah was the man of God. He represented the things of God. He was a spokesman for God. And what he was saying here is I want you to keep God first in your equation. No matter what you're going through, keep God first. If you'll keep God first, all of your other needs will be met. Amen? So the Bible says this. Jesus said it in the Sermon on the Mount, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? And all these other, what? Things, these material things will be added onto you. God says, I know that you need food and clothing, all these things. You, 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 but he said, the thing you need most is to seek God first, all right? And then the prophet Elijah says this, and this is what the Lord of, God is, of, of Israel says, The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Hallelujah. So she went away and did as Elijah told her. Remember that? Do as the prophet says. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. Food every day of the drought. Three and a half years, God provided food and flour and oil for them. Give the Lord a great hand clap of praise for that. Amen. Hey, everyone, you know, I call this a miracle provision. A miracle provision. How many of you have kids? How many of you know they raid the refrigerator? And how many of you know that no matter how much food you buy, if you buy 100 pounds of food or 50 pounds of food, it doesn't matter, it's all going to be gone in days? Cereal boxes? My little granddaughter, um, Lauren she loves lucky charms but all she eats is the charms <laughs> she gets a whole bowl she pulls all the charms out and there's an empty I mean just the oats are sitting there charms are all gone she's done it she's uh, four or five years old now she's done it since she's one years old she only wants the charms it has nothing to do with my message <laughs> but I had to share that with you this was a miracle provision for, what I'm trying to say is in your own home if You went through a certain amount of food. You have five kids at home or whatever, and your fridge is raided, and your pantry is raided. Everything's running up. But the next morning you went there, and it was all replenished. All of the Frito chips are back. (laughs) All of the Coke, all of the water, all of the meat, all of the everything is back. You go like, man, we're talking about miracle provision from God, right? And that's what was happening for three and a half years with the oil and the flour and the water they had everything they needed for three and a half years praise God so um, that was a miracle provision for the for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by the prophet Elijah praise God so God provides for us with our material needs and he does it in so many miraculous ways um, here at Harvest Church, I've just seen so, such a line of miracles through the years but early in 2014 uh, which we're in 2022 right now, but in the year 2014 I was out on a prayer walk one morning and I was thinking about, you know, one of the goals I had here at Harvest Church was to be out of debt and, and so in 2014 um, I was out walking and praying on a prayer walk and um, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, take the land and, and it was from the uh, Story about Joshua and Caleb, and how they took the land. We are well able to take the land, and the Lord showed me that we were on the land, but we hadn't taken the land yet. We had taken about three quarters of the land, but not the whole land. And so, three quarters of it was paid for, but one quarter of it wasn't. But if we did, if we weren't able to take the land, the bank owned the land, not us. And I was hoping that one day we'd be the church uh, without the coupon book. Can I get a witness? Amen. How many of you'd like to have a house without a coupon book? How many of you'd like to have a car without a coupon book? Amen. Come on, give me a real amen. Because God will hear that amen. I'm going to give you one more chance. How many of you like to have your house paid off and your car paid off and your bills paid off? Me a loud amen. You got a feeling God hearing some of those amens right now. And God responds, I heard you in church today and I'm going to help get you where you want to go in the name of Jesus. So God spoke, to, we're well able to take the land. And at that time then, we owed $1,770,000 on, the, on land back in 2014, 1770000 is all we had left. We had started out with around, what, $4.8 million that we started out with when I became pastor, but we had chipped away at that for about um, 10, uh, 12 years or whatever it was. But then God says, "I want you to just take the land. Let's get it get it finished up." So I go, "Man, God, I, that I, that resonates in my spirit. I'm feeling that. Praise God." We we put up po- we put up posters all over the church that looked like this, and they were the size of the poster was three foot by three foot square, which was a square yard, because we found out that every yard of land that we had left left to take was about seventy dollars. So he said, every time that you give a gift of $70 or, any, or a, a variant of $70, $70, $140 or whatever it be, $700, $7,000, every $70 buys a square yard of land and, and gift by gift we're going to be able to take the land. And I said, uh, our, our, uh, this is a slide from June 29th uh, when I shared that. Uh, in the sermon I said our campus is already 75% paid for let's take the land by paying off our remaining balance and be debt free so we had 75% was in green but of course the building was on the part that's not paid for because the truth is you don't, if you don't pay the whole thing off you lose it it goes to the bank so or you sell it didn't want to have to do any of that so anyway I preached the sermon that morning on Joshua and Caleb, many of you were here to hear that. And that was June 29th. And then we received our first offering at the end of the service. Praise God, we're gonna give right now to take the land campaign. And that morning, I don't know if we were in two services or three, we might've been in three. Were we in three? We were in three services, which makes my illustration all the more dramatic. Because... We were in three services, and I received the offering report the next day on the Take the Land campaign. It was under 2000 dollars, as I remember, under two thousand dollars. This church can give 20 or 30 or 40,000 dollars in a single offering. it was under two thousand dollars. I go like, "Wow, that was a big success." And um, <laughs> with all of the buildup and banners all over the church, I thought our first offering would have been so much more. and so it was only, you know, a couple of thousand dollars and we're looking at $1,770,000. So the next day, I remember going out on a prayer walk and saying, God, I know I heard from you and uh, to take the land and I still believe you spoke to me, but wow, the response wasn't what I expected. What, what went wrong? And the Lord spoke to me. It was in a real spiritual places on a sidewalk. That's where I go to pray. And God will speak to you in real spiritual places as well because we don't all hang out here at the church building you are the church you are the building he'll speak to you he doesn't speak to this building he speaks to his people and the Lord spoke to me and said you did hear from me but here's what you're to do in other words now he's given me instructions from this point forward do not receive a single special offering for this campaign just trust me and keep it before the people and they'll give as they're prompted by the Holy Spirit. But you're not to receive another offering, no special offering, no big fundraiser, the end of service offerings, all these things, monthly offerings, no offerings at all. So the next, and the people will, will, will respond as they're prompted by the Holy Spirit. And I, I knew I was hearing from God. I was going, to, wait a minute, how can we, oh, I'm, I'm here, God, I know that's you. The next Sunday, I announced what the Lord had spoken to me and that we would not be receiving a single special offering uh, for for the remainder of this campaign. Take the land. It was going to be done without receiving offerings. Uh, But I would only keep them informed of our progress and then to give as the Holy Spirit will give because the Holy Spirit said to me, just let your people be prompted by the Holy Spirit because they're smart and they know what to do. And that's what I said back in June 29th, because you're smart and you know what to do. So we're not going to have any offerings for the remainder of this campaign. That was in June 29th, 2014. Uh, At the end of 2015, just 17 months later, the entire debt of $1,770,000 was paid in full over and above all of our other operating expenses, God did a miracle of provision, amen? Give the Lord a great hand clap of praise, hallelujah. And I wanna just say this, and, and so ever since, we've been debt free on our campus. Every improvement you see around this place, God has helped us to be debt free and at the same time be giving to missions and missionaries and all kinds of things. I think last year we had over $700,000 come in for missions and we had we've already given $640,000 of it out already, but that's just the goodness of God. During this pandemic that we've been through, have you noticed we've been in a pandemic? Anyone seen that? <laughs> for the last 2 years, started two years ago in March, and we've been in this pandemic. We actually had to close the church down for 11 months, and, and, and then we reopened and, and, and for like a month, and then we stopped again. Then we reopened uh, way back in February. But during these two years of uh, pandemic, God provided for us way out front the whole time, God's provided and been so faithful and he's provided materially for the church so that we could minister to other people. I want to just say this because I asked uh, Ricardo, our accountant, just to check for me what the real facts were. But during the 24 months that we were uh, in this pandemic, um, notice I'm talking in past tense and that really feels good, amen? God's bringing us out of the cloud this year in 2021, out of the cloud of COVID and we're moving into a new day and I'm so glad for it, praise God. So anyway, but during this time, three of the months that we had during the pandemic were record months. In other words, to be a record month, it has to be the best month you've had in 32 years. Three of those months in those two years were record months, and all the other months were as solid as can be. But three of them were record months, and everybody say amen. Amen? Amen. Then, October, uh, November of last year, we received as a gift to the church the single largest uh, single gift that we've ever received in the history of our church. And, and that happened last November. Then, in uh, February, the first Sunday of February, which was just a few weeks ago, in the middle, like what's going to happen now? People have been giving online People have been giving on campus. But honestly, we're, we, don't, we have about 40% of our congregation back on campus and a bunch of others that are watching online. But during that time, last, the first Sunday of, uh, of this month, we received the largest offering that we've ever received on a, on a weekend uh, in the history of our church. Hallelujah. It was the largest offering we've ever received, which means it has to be the largest offering in 32 years. It has to be the largest offering in 1,664 Sundays. That happened only three weeks ago on the first Sunday of, of February. God is our provider, and he provides miraculously. Give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Um, I want to just say this to you right now and I I didn't say this last service but for those of you that are wanting to get where you're going and I'm talking about to be out of debt and to be good with your finances because that causes so much uh, pressure in families. Um, If you'll put God first in your living and your giving, but be a good steward of what God has blessed you with and just make your finances a matter of a spiritual thing as well, I believe that God will provide for you supernaturally as well. And you're going, if, if if you get serious about your finances, God will get serious about your finances with you. He will. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you aren't serious about it, then God's not serious about it. But if you are serious with it, I believe that God will help you get where you need to go. And I just pray that over you right now in the name of Jesus. Not so you can say, in other words, so you can have less pressure and that you can also be more free to do what God is wanting you to do for others. It's not about, I just want to heap all this stuff for me. It's about, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Can I get a witness? Amen. So this again I want to just say here this morning the Bible says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness all these other things will be added unto you God knows that you need things and here God provides for you materially okay so I'm almost there first of all last Sunday we talked about how God provides for you spiritually the story of Abraham and Isaac God provided a lamb and that lamb for us was Jesus Christ spiritual provision then we just talked about this widow at Zarephath how God provided for her materially and the same way that he provided for her materially and for Elijah. Man, you had to stay alive, food, shelter, clothing. God will do the same for you. But then there's one third area that just happened. You'd think, well, praise God. And they all lived happily ever after. Let's close the service right now. They all lived happily ever after. But it didn't go that way. Elijah's still in this drought. And so... The Bible says this. So Elijah, we're going to talk about how Elijah revived a widow's son. And this is, this is physical provision. Say with me, physical provision. Amen. How many of you would uh, lift a hand this morning and say, man, I've, I've needed God to just touch my body physically so that I could just have more strength. Can I get a witness, amen? And half of you are so weak, you can't even lift your hand. Let me just pray for you right now. How many of you? <laughs> I love doing that every time. I do that over and over How many of you with a lifted hand would say God has touched my body physically, amen, and has refreshed me, waiting on the Lord, he'll renew your strength, watch this though, sometime later the son of the woman who owned this house, the widow woman, her son became ill and he grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing, and she said to Elijah, what do you have against me man of God, did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son, in other words, she was saying she knew that he was a man of God and she thought maybe God brought him to her house to convict her of her sins and you're going to pay the penalty of your sin because he's a man of God. He represents God and there's going to be a price to pay and the price was going to be the son. Is that why you came? And Elijah said, give me your son. And he took him from her arms. Can you imagine her son now? There's no longer breathing. He takes from her arms. And he carries him to the upper room where he was staying. Elijah was staying in an upper room in that house. And he laid him on his bed. He laid him on his own bed. He took him up into his room, laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord. He said, Lord God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I'm staying with by causing her son to die? And, and, and so he's, he's even asking the Lord, what happened here? And I want to just, I wrote down here uh, on my notes, honest prayer, honest prayer. How many of you have had times in your life where you didn't quite understand God and his ways or what God was doing? And I want to just say that you can pray an honest prayer to God. You don't have to be afraid to do that. Elijah did the same thing and he said, why why have you brought this tragedy even on this window, widow I'm staying with? She's offering me hospitality and are causing her son to die. He didn't have the answer, so he asked, to talk to God about it. Then he stretched himself out on the boy. Three times he prayed. He just laid over him actually and he cried out to the Lord and he said Lord my God let this boy's life return to him let his life return to him and he did this three times anytime I see three times I mean I'll just insert the thought you know Father, Son and Holy Ghost you know what I'm saying the triune nature of God but three times Lord let this, this young boy live then the Lord heard Elijah's cry say it with me this morning the Lord heard Elijah's cry and the Lord will hear your cry can I get a witness? And the boy's life returned to him and he lived. Praise God. He lived. So say, Yea, God. Amen. Yea, God. He lived. And this, this resurrection that you saw right here, this is the very first resurrection that we find in scripture. In the Old Testament, this is the very first one of about eight more that were done by men of God, but then you've got also the resurrections that took place by Jesus, um, the people that came back to life under his ministry and also Jesus himself being resurrected from the dead. But this is the first of eight miracle resurrections that took place by the hands of of, of, of apostles and prophets and that kind of thing. So the very first one. So Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house and he gave him to his mother and he said, look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. I know that you're a man of God. And so I want to just say here this morning, that's the end of the story, end of the chapter and you guys all just did a great job. God bless you. Wasn't that a good stuff this morning? And it says this, here's what the word of the Lord is today. The word of the Lord today is that God is our provider and he will provide spiritually, materially, and physically and he'll do it over and over again. Just as the Lord provided for Elijah and the widow at Zarephath, the Lord will provide for you in 2022. I just want you to know that he's going to do that in 2023 and beyond. If you believe that and receive it, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise God. You know, I, when I think about how God has provided for us here at Harvest Church, I was on a prayer walk when God called me to this church. And I, when I've watched for the last 20 years and just seen that at every turn, in every situation, with every need, we have never lacked for any good thing. Can I get a witness? We've never lacked for any good thing. God has been so good. Not only have we been blessed, but God has helped us to be a blessing to other ministries and churches in our area and around the world. He's, he, so in other words, everyone, it's not this building's doing anything, it's what you you as a people are doing, what we together are doing. We are blessed to be a blessing. Say with me this morning, we are blessed to be a blessing. So when I pray for you at night, I go, God, uh, God, I just pray that you'll bless your people and make them a blessing. Thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord God, for meeting the needs of the church. It's coming through people. It's coming through God's people. But God, uh, let us become the church you called us to be and realize our full potential. But God, bless your people and make them a blessing in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged, and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.